Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rockin' good time in about 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Ryan. Three old guys that are a testament to the fact that rock and roll keeps you young. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you our favorite stories behind the greatest rock and roll tunes of all time and other interesting musings about the music and the rockers who inspire us. Rocktail Hour is now an affiliate of Amazon.com, the online megastore that offers Earth's biggest selection. If you're going to be buying stuff on Amazon anyway, we'd appreciate it if you would first click on the Amazon.com link on the Rocktail Hour homepage or our affiliates page, and Amazon will send us a few dollars to help fund these free podcasts. In today's Rocktail Hour, Ryan is going to bring us the story behind the stalker anthem. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss Every that. Every bet you take by the police. Well, you know, before we even started recording, before I started talking about it, you already call it the stalker song <laughs> yeah. because this is a much debated thing among, amongst people. Uh, what are your ideas, Tim? Do you think it was a stalker song? Well, it sounds like it. Okay. Yeah. I'll be watching you every yeah. breath you take. Because yeah. some people, and I'll talk about this later, think this is a, a tr- like a love song. And when they hear the lyrics, they think it's a love song. It's awfully been mis- often been misinterpreted as a love song, but... We'll, we'll talk about that. Well, you know, think about this. This was 1984, right? 1983. Stalking was not something that was given a whole lot of attention. And so I'm sure it seemed like a love song in the 80s to most Probably. people. Yeah, good yeah. I mean, you know, you think about all of the great movies. It's all about stalkers. Look at look at The Graduate, you know. And what does The Graduate teach you? Well, if you track down the the girl that's told you a thousand times that she doesn't want to marry you, and you crash the wedding, and you attack her boyfriend <laughs> with a attack her boyfriend with a cross that you've <laughs> taken from the church, you're gonna get the girl in the end. So don't never give up. Right, exactly. <laughs> never surrender. Well, like we said, every breath you take is a song by the Police. It was on the 1983 album Synchronicity. Um, it was written by Sting and Andy Summers. Even though it's only, for some reason, it's only accredited to Sting. But the single was one of the biggest hits of 1983, topping the Billboard 100 singles, Hot 100 singles chart for eight weeks, and the UK singles chart for four weeks. It also topped the Billboard tracks chart for nine weeks. And Sting won Song of the Year, and the Police won Best Pop Performance by a Duo or Group at the Grammy Awards in 1984 for the song Every Breath You Take. Um, the song ranked number 84 on the Rolling Stone list of 500 greatest songs of all time. No way. You don't really? No, we got to stop doing this because I, <laughs> there's just no parody in the world. <laughs> <laughs> Smoke on the Water is 499, what? but every breath you take is what? No, 84. 84? Number 84. Okay. Uh, it's considered the police's signature song. Stink still gets a generous income from this one song alone, okay? It generates between a quarter and a third of his music publishing income. Wow. Do you have any guess what a daily amount he receives from this? A daily amount? A daily amount. From one song? From one song. 50000 Tim, what's I your I was going to say 11000 because that sounded cool. Um, as of 2003, Sting was still taking in an average of $2,000 per day in royalties. Uh, okay, that was a little high. You're a little high. Yeah. $2,000 a day in royalties for this then 20-year-old song. Still, that's a lot of money. Yeah, that is yeah. A lot of money. 365 days a year. On a leap year, he gets an extra $2,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that bumps him into a higher tax bracket. Right, right. So... I think that's amazing for that is for, amazing. for one for one song. So, do we know that you know in two thousand, almost ten years later, in two thousand and well, it'll be two thousand and thirteen in a couple of days. 
Do we know if he's still making that kind of money? Well, I'll tell you this. In 2007, Sting was awarded a million air certificate for nine million airplays of every breath you take. Wow. Um, with only Van Morrison's Brown Eyed Girl, a close second at eight million airplays, which is a song we should do, by the way. Okay. Love that song. Um, Overplayed. You think so? Well, eight million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously. Every breath you take to it. Eight nine million. million. Was that eight million lifetime as of 2007? Yeah, yeah. Well, for, the, for Sting, it's for nine million airplays yeah. lifetime. That's a lot, though. Oh, yeah. That's that's insane. Well, and fully four million of those in 1983 to 1984. Because <laughs> right. you, could, you yeah. could not turn the radio on at that time and not yeah. hear it every breath you take. Every hour. Yeah. That, and true. that was on the country stations, you know? I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure I don't listen to the radio a lot now, but I'm sure if you were listening to a, mo a, a rock station now, you'd hear at least once oh, a day yeah. too. Anyway, uh, some people think this it's a love song, and Sting says it's not. It is a stalker song. He says the lyrics of, are the words of a character of dubious nature who is watching every breath you take and every move you make. He said he woke up in the middle of the night with that line in his head, sat down at the piano, and just like all these other songs we've talked about before, Wrote the song in half an hour. Wow. You know, done. The tune itself was generic, an aggregate of hundreds of others. But the words are interesting. It sounds like a comforting love song. I didn't realize at the time how sinister it is. But the way he looks at it, he talks about it as it being um, Big Brother or a surveillance mm. and control. Interesting. Well, the, the, the music itself sounds like a love song. And so yeah, if you're not does. paying attention yeah. to the lyrics, it, it would sound like a, you know, a lyrical love song. Kind of like, you know, when we, we talked about, you know, Pumped Up Kicks being being such a great dance song. And then you listen to the lyrics and you realize it's totally something else. Right. Yeah. And um, we all agreed that we thought that the song itself was a good song. But we were a little disturbed by the lighthearted nature of the of the music when it carried such a dark message. And oh. it's my understanding, as I read in the paper the other day, that this song has now been uh, pulled from airplay for a while because of the, the shooting in Connecticut. So um, people recognizing that there's there's a much darker message to that song than most people. I think that's a good thing. I, I'm never one for censorship, but I don't know. We're, we're at a place. I don't want this to become a political podcast, but you know, we're at a place now where songs like that, it's just not. I don't know, it's just not appropriate. And it kind of hits home for us here, too, because oh, yeah. we have, you know, a local girl that was part of that slang. Right. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, well, back to the stalker. Way back to, to bring, the stalker. Yeah, way to bring the party down. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's so true. But anyway, Sting later said he was uh, disconcerted by how many people thought the song was more positive than it is. He insists it's about the obsession with a lost lover, the jealousy and surveillance that follows. And this is interesting. He said one couple told told me, Oh, we love that song. It was the main song played at our wedding. And he said to him, he said he thought to himself, well, well, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> when, and when people asked why he, he appears angry in the music video, um, Sting told the BBC radio that I think the song is a very sinister and ugly song. And people have actually misinterpreted it as being a gentle little love song. In a 1983 interview with New Music Express, New Musical Express, Sting explained, I think it's a nasty little song, really rather evil. It's about jealousy and surveillance and ownership. Regarding the, the common misinterpretation of the song, he added, I think the ambiguity is intrinsic in the song, however you treat it, because the words are so sadistic. On one level, it's a nice long song with the classic relative minor chords, but underneath there's this distasteful character talking about watching every move. 
he continues and says, I enjoy the ambiguity. I watched Andy Gibb singing it with some girl on TV a couple of weeks ago very lovingly and totally misinterpreting it. <laughs> I, could still, I could still hear the words, which aren't about love at all. And then he says, I pissed myself laughing. Oh. <laughs> That's great. This should have been our Valentine's Day song. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, there we go. No, there you go. How the about irony. this will be my Valentine's Day yeah. song? <laughs> well, you know, all joking aside, if you think about it, Hollywood really has, uh, well, not just Hollywood, but entertainment in general, has made a big deal out of um, persistence being the key to wooing whoever it is that you're trying to court. And, you know, I joked about The Graduate, but that's an excellent example of, of Hollywood taking a character who is essentially just creepy. The Dustin Hoffman character in, in The Graduate is likable, but if, if you stop and think about his behavior throughout the whole movie, he's just creepy, and he's not a good person. But he falls in love with um, Mrs. Robinson's daughter, and he, and he follows her to school, and he rents an apartment nearby where she's staying and doesn't enroll in school because he's recently graduated, hence the graduate. And, and then he continues to badger her until she leaves the campus in secrecy to go marry her fiancé, and he shows up on her wedding day. And, and the media and, and, and Hollywood in general has shown that that's you know, kind of the way that you get the girl, basically. And I think especially in the 80s, you know, there were other movies like that. You think of Pretty in Pink and, and the line uh, in that Ducky says to, to one of the characters, if I like a girl, I ride past her house on my bike several times a day, you know. And, <laughs> and honestly, what is that? That's stalking behavior. Mm -hmm. But that's the way it kind of was in the 80s. And it honestly wasn't until the 90s before you started to, to really have attention paid to stocking to where now, you know, it's a big deal and it is really creepy. But back in the day, it was kind of seen as a way of showing your devotion to somebody. So By stocking them? Yeah, by stocking them. <laughs> I wish it was still that way. I'd be in a lot less trouble. Yeah, there you go. I'm just devoted. Yeah. Don't tell me there's there's one of us here at the at the table as we're recording that didn't drive by some girl's house at one point, you know, and because you were oh, in yeah, love with her. Sure. So there, yeah. it, what is that? That's stalking behavior. <laughs> Treg's not really think about that. Treg's not yeah. really what he really oh, Sure, I did. I know Treg did that because I went to high school with him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to pretend like I didn't. Well, I, I think everyone knows the you know the lyrics. I'm just going to read a few select portions of it because. Well, you'll see why in a minute, but the lyrics start off with every breath you take and every move you make, every bond you break and every step you take, I'll be watching you. Later, he says um, in the chorus, it says, oh, can't you see you belong to me? How my poor heart aches with every step you take. Now, the reason I mention that is because as I was looking for this, I remember watching something on VH1, one of their dumb shows where they, they talked about frequently misheard lyrics. This ranks in the top 10 of the misheard lyrics of all time. Maybe you've heard this before. How my poor heart aches. Now, if you listen to that, I swear, and a lot of other people swear, he's saying, I'm a pool hall ace. Oh, yeah. I thought that's what it was. Okay, good. Right. I want to make sure I wasn't the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever hear that before, Tim? Never. Yeah. You, Honestly, you always thought never. it was how my poor heart how aches. How my poor heart aches. Well, listen to it again. And so you, you're saying it sounds like he's singing, I'm a pool hall ace. Yes. Every breath you take. Yes. yes. It really? does sound yeah. exactly like oh, yeah. that. Sorry for no. the singing on that. Yeah. <laughs> Apologize <laughs> to our listeners. Well, so I looked up this website of misheard lyrics and, and noted some of the other ones that other people thought they, they thought it said. 
So the top one was, I'm a pool hall ace. But some people thought it said, I'm a pool of eggs. <laughs> I pull her legs. <laughs> I'm a cold, hard ape. <laughs> I'm a fool for legs. I just thought this was, I was reading these and I was just laughing so hard. Every cake you bake. Doesn't he say that at some point? No. Every cake you bake. Well, does he? Every every cake you bake, I'll be watching you. I don't think he ever talks about cake. I'll bet you he does. I'm looking at her right now. <laughs> no, there's there's nothing about a cake. Mm. Now, Tim, you hear you quite often hear cake in words. That, <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That I, think of, I think of cake all the time. <laughs> he does say every every smile you fake and every claim you stake. So there's steak in here, but not cake. Okay. <laughs> and the other ones were uh, how my how my whole foot aches when I pull her legs. <laughs> Um, <laughs> which, which all just lend to the creepiness of the song. Now. It does. Right. Um, I'll put an X on every step you take, every bone you break. I'll be watching you. It's not it's, bone you break. That's what I thought it was. <laughs> every bone you now I have to look and see, but no, it's not every bone you break either. Every bond you break. Oh, every bond, bond you okay. break. See? Yeah. Um, Sting is not very good with enunciating. This was the last Police album, Synchronicity. There's a the recording process of this album tore the band apart. It was the last police album and then Sting went solo. I'm just kind of curious if either of you were fans of Sting's solo career. I'm going to say, I'm going to admit that I was. I thought it was an interesting... There was there was one album that I liked. Um, he had some good albums. Uh, the I Fields think. of Holly was a great song. Fields of Gold. That. On the Fields of Holly. Maybe you're right, but there's a song called Fields of Gold too. Okay, well, maybe it's the same song, and one time he sings Fields of Gold and Fields of Holly. I don't you're, know. You're probably right. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Either way, we both agree that both whatever agree. the title of the song was, it was very good. It was very good. Yeah. Well, I remember hearing Sting interviewed a number of years ago, back in the probably mid-90s, that he said it, in every album had just one hit single. I mean, he always had one radio song in each album, and the rest of it was him being Sting and being artistically, you know, whatever he wanted to do. Mm-hmm very jazzy and stuff like that. But I've always appreciated his albums. Even probably my favorite one for the listeners out there, if you're looking for a good Sting album, is the Mercury Rising album. Came out probably mid-90s. Fantastic album. I had that I'm So Happy That I Can't Stop Crying, which was then later done by some country artist. But probably a very underappreciated album, but I think it's his best. Um, and I saw him on the Brand New Day tour. He came here early 2000s. Probably one of the best concerts I've ever been to. Wow. But of course, he also sang a lot of police songs too. So he had a good mix of police song and sting songs. But, you know, also being right there, like on the second row and having him up, up, up there playing his bass was just blew my mind. Oh, cool. I went to see the police in 2008. Oh, did you? And yeah, they were they were touring together, and they were only doing police songs. It, you know, yeah, they, they right. made it clear that they weren't going to play any of Sting's solo uh, work. And you could almost feel like there was tension. I, Still, I, huh? I don't know if there was, but they they were really kind of stiff as they played. There wasn't a whole lot of showmanship. Um, musically, they were great. You know, I would have no. Um, I would have no qualms about having recommended that concert to anybody, but it, it was not, it wasn't much more than them just playing their songs. Right. And, it, and it didn't look to me like there was a whole lot of enjoyment in the playing, but you know, they played them great and they, and you know, they sting sang well and, yeah. and, but it was a, just a really straightforward show. The opening 
act for the show was Elvis Costello. Oh and my god. That was just joyous. You know, the, yeah. that was a Classic. I could have I could have just seen that and the night would have been great. But it was great to see the police. Um, wow, I can't believe that's a great lineup. Oh yeah, it was it was fantastic, and and I really enjoyed you must it. have gone somewhere else to see it because they didn't come around here. No, or... it was Usana. Really? Yeah. Wow. Here in West Valley. Brought to you by Usana Amphitheater in West <laughs> Valley. Um, and we just sat on the grass, you know. Um, one of the one of the funniest things uh, I remember about Sting is Sting hosted Saturday Night Live uh, in the early '90s, I think, and. Um, there's this great skit where Sting is stuck in an elevator with two guys that won't stop singing songs. Oh, I remember yeah, and that Kevin one. Kevin Nealon and Dana Carvey are one. like, they're, they're both like, Roxanne. And, yeah. and then they're like, free, free, set them free. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> and, and, and Sting just about goes nuts while they're singing all of his songs. It was great. You know, they had a lot of tension in the band. And, and you know, from reading stuff, it sounded like Sting was causing the problems. Well, can I hate to say it, but can you name the other members of the band? Stuart nope. Copeland and Andy Sumners. Yeah, because you, because you looked at your iPod. <laughs> Stuart Copeland, iPod. I remember, though, because I was going to tell you that it's funny that they even reunited to begin with because I was reading an article, I think it was from 2005, when I was preparing for this. And uh, I guess Sting and, and I think it was Stuart, could have been Andy, but one, whichever one lives in L.A., every time Sting was in L.A., they'd get together and hang out. And they, talked, they said they talked about doing a reunion, but they, they decided it would never happen. Hmm. That they would never reunite this, the police. Yet they did a few years later from that. Yeah, and it was a great concert. I don't. I don't want to. I was surprised though because a lot of those old bands, you know, when they reunite and tour, they they really put on a show. And this was just we're going to play the music and we're going to play it well and we're going to go home. Anyway, that's that's it. That's what I have on uh, every breath you take by the police. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. Great rock tale hour. I think we're going to get a lot of hits from stalkers. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and misled lovers awesome. on this one, yeah. And maybe and pull and maybe, all a, maybe a couple of restraining orders from girls we went to high school with. <laughs> <laughs> and pull all stalkers. Yeah. Well, you can listen to a clip from Every Breath You Take uh, on iTunes by clicking on the album link on our podcast page. Please email us at dudes at rocktailhour dot com if you think we got it all wrong. If you have an interesting rock tale of your own. Or if you have a recommendation of a song that would be a good subject for Rocktail Hour. If you think we're lame, please keep that to yourself. Please follow us on Facebook and Twitter and rate us on iTunes. And until the next Rocktail Hour, rock on. Rock on.